Many people in our food community have been seriously impacted by Superstorm Sandy, and our hearts go out to them. At HRN, we've been covering these stories since the storm hit. To learn more, visit our website at www.heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. It's November 13th, 2012. We have some special guests tonight, including Jen Swartman from The Blind Tiger, Hi, Julie Barnard, our, our refugee from all things <laughs> Sandy Storm, and uh, on air we have uh, Wendy Lodefield from uh, Van Bergen the Wolf. Wendy, how are you, and thanks for joining us on the air. Hello there. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Wendy, um, I, I know that you had uh, your big uh, coast-to-coast toast planned, and uh, t- tell, tell us what's going on in New York. You, you've made some changes. Yes, and hey, Jen. Hey, Julie. How are Hi. you guys? Hi. How are Great you? Great to hear your voice. Good, nice. good, good. Um, well, we have, we have a huge party taking place on Thursday um, around the country. Uh, there are actually 500-plus places that have signed up. But in light of what has happened in the metro area in the last two weeks, we postponed the party in New York until January 15th. Um, and that will give our distributor union time to regroup and give the accounts um, time to also just recover. Um, and we have um, dedicated the event across country to the victims of the of Sandy, and we're actually um, hoping that a good number of accounts will do fundraising for disaster relief on November 15th, and we're already getting feedback that that is going to happen. So that's very heartening. That's great. That's really important. I mean, we've lost a lot of uh, you know businesses in New York, and uh, we had a nice conversation last week, and you've been very supportive. Um, just tell us more about the whole Van Bergen to Wolf thing. I mean, you guys, you know, you go way back. You guys first imported Duval. You guys uh, founded Omegang. Um, how did the Coast to Coast Toast come about? Well, you as well as anyone, and Jen too, yeah. uh, do know the history of this, that last year is the 30th anniversary of the uh, founding of the company was rolling around. We thought we should try to do a party. And um, so we reached out to uh, favorite accounts across the country and said, would you help us to celebrate uh, and we wanted to unify them in in recognition of the incredible state of the craft beer market, um, and toast them and have them toast us and just make it a giant big bear hug across the country. So that's how it came about. And do you have any new beers that you're rolling out uh, for this season? Oh, well, of course. Um, <laughs> the Vicaris Winter has just come in. Vicaris is... Um, one of the newest breweries in Belgium. It's actually the Dillowins Brewery and Catherine Dillowins, who's only 25 years old, is the brewer there. And she's really a rising star, and their Christmas beer is super. We tasted it when we were in Belgium um, in the spring and decided to bring it in. What's their uh, flagship? Is there a flagship that we should look for that they, that they produce yeah, year-round? I, well, I think the one that's probably getting the most buzz is Vicaris Triple Goose. Okay. So it's a triple 
with uh, bl- Gers blended in. It wow. really is a very delicious beer. And their General is a double style. It's, their beers are, are, are superb. They're not filtered, and they have really a chewy, delicious quality to them. Um, and so we're excited about that. And then we're bringing in Bonveau in Magnums. Nice. And also new, not, not brand new this month, but new is Lava, which is the smoked imperial stout from Iceland that Draft Ooh. Magazine just awesome. named one of the best, 25 best beers of the year. Well, I can't, I can't wait until uh, you get to do the Coast to Coast Toast in New York in January because I know I signed up for uh, delivery of some really great beers of yours. Um, what's what's my well, can favorite I beer? To, can, I, can I speak to your prescience about that, Jimmy? Sure. Because Jim, Jimmy's party was to do like the most exotic and arcane of the beers, and the, and the event was billed as is the Chateau de Belloy, the next Saison DuPont. Uh, Jimmy had a party called uh, the Battle of the Belgians, and this, the smallest beer from the DuPont Brewery won the whole thing, and that's Belloy. So we, we think he's a great prognosticator. You, Jimmy, are a great prognosticator of future tastes of uh, publicans around the country. Well, I, I like that Bravo. beer because it kind of felt like a you know more tr- I would say more primitive style. It had like you know a little bit of maltiness, a little more color than what mm-hmm. we associate with uh, you know regular saisons. And um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more traditional and just like you know less modern styles from Belgium. You yeah. know, um, so that that to me that's what that felt like. Um, yes, yes, we're all for beers with terroir too. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, one thing about the Coast to Coast Toast is uh, it almost makes me want to get out of New York because we've been here and now I'm like, I want to go to the best city for, for Coast to Coast Toast. Where should I go? Like, should I go to Chicago? You know, what's the best place to celebrate? Yeah, guys? yeah, yeah. Well, you can, you can see on, there's, we just, um, it should be up on the site right now. We, we've organized the parties by state. And I think that uh, Chicago is now in the lead with New York on uh, hiatus until January. There are probably 60 or so parties in Chicago. And that's where we live now. So um, there, there are just a great array of different types of events. There is a beautiful beer menu at Leopold, which is a Belgian-influenced restaurant. Um, we're going to be at Aviary, which is Grant Ackett's bar. Doing... It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, isn't it's it great? Yeah, so we'll do beer cocktails, we'll do um, drinks um, that are inspired by our beers that are non-alcoholic and molecular food inspired by our beer. That should be kind of crazy. The Map Room is a fantastic traveler's bar, and that is the 20th anniversary of their founding and, and our birthday, too, so that should be a really fun night. Hop Leaf. Gosh, there's so many. There's so many good places. And then I would in Portland. I think one of the most um, inventive events is a progressive beer dinner that's mm-hmm. happening at three different places. And there's a beer bus that takes you from location to location, and you end up making up your own beer float. Um, and that's then, the one I want to go to. Is that Portland? <laughs> yeah, isn't that cute? So <laughs> Lisa Morrison is the beer goddess. Is that uh, Portland, yeah. Oregon, or Portland, Maine? Portland, Oregon. Of course, it's Portland, Portland Oregon. Oregon. Of course, and that's what I, you know. This is why I love the East Coast because you know what? Everyone says Portland, they think it's Oregon, and yeah. uh, I got friends moving to Portland, Maine. And I'm like, you know what? I like the beer in Portland, Maine. There's good beer. Up yeah, there. Maine Beer yeah, Company, Allagash. Yep, a lot of good stuff happening in Maine. Well, speaking of out of the way places, I think one of the things that's really fun about the event is it's it's wonderful that uh, big city, big name bars are taking part, but it's really amazing when you see. 
you know, Bar Guernica in Idaho <laughs> and, you know, some pl- Jay Clyde in the Nook and Leroy in Alabama and places in Kansas and, you know, just newer beer markets, should we say. Um, we're discovering that they're just really incredible places there. And this year, I should mention, too, the event is international for the first time, so we have... How many countries? Um, well, I guess five. Great. So we have England, uh, southeast coast of England, Italy, France, Belgium, the United States, and probably actually it'll be six, probably have one in Iceland before Thursday. I'm waiting for final news on that. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, hopefully people will be able to find a place to go and celebrate, and when they do, they will raise a toast to the people in the Northeast that were um, affected by the storm. And I wanted to mention one more thing, too. We put, well, two things. On our website and on the Eventbrite page for the event, we have links to things that people can do to, um, you know, places that they can donate. Oh, great. That's really and, great. Yeah, so you'll see links there for, you know, the, the usual suspects and one cause that um, that that uh, we wanted to donate to, which is um, which is called the um, Team Rubicon. Which oh, is, I know them very you know, well. You do? Yeah, they're great. What, what is it, Julie? So Team Rubicon's been around for just about two years now, and um, it's a group of military veterans and medical personnel and others who just came together and they're kind of first response for um, natural disasters. And they were jammed in here. They're actually housed next to where um, I work out, and every day they're up and out. Yeah. And, Julie, so you've been participating in, in some type of uh, Sandy Relief almost every day, right? I have, uh, either through Occupy Sandy or um, a group I've nicknamed um, Team Stroller Patrol. And it's a group of moms who just... With their kids running around, we are doing meals for a church out in Sandra, uh, Far Rockaway. Is that day. where you live? Are you? I out don't there? actually. I live. I live in Brooklyn, uh, in yeah. Crown Heights. So you're, you're going out every day. Every day. Rock. Every day. I'm doing. I'm either with Occupy Sandy out somewhere, or I'm here making hot food for people who need it. Well, I'll give Aww. a plug too. Uh, if you want to add this to your, to your site, uh, Wendy, on yes. Friday night here, at, we're at Roberta's in, in Bushwick. Uh, Roberta's and Heritage Radio Network are, are doing a little fundraiser as well for Rockaways. Um, and yeah. we did something on Thursday also in New York for Meet Week NYC. Um, yeah. We have a check with us right now too. So um, it seems to me that the that there's the there's the big organizations, um, there's Red Cross and everything that's all important. But it seems that on, on the street, it's the, this direct relief that's been most needed. And I know yeah. we're talking to um, Chris from Roberta's and Harry from the Brooklyn Kitchen. They run concessions out in the Rockaways, and yeah. um, they said that what is needed is a lot of small businesses need to rebuild and they need construction supplies and you know you need to think beyond the holiday season that that it's kind of an ongoing process um, right well to your point too jimmy i thought you had a great idea that it's in order it in order to help the individual business owners patronize their business or buy a gift certificate for a friend as a holiday gift so that there's you know cash on hand for the businesses as they're rebuilding you know who wouldn't want to um, get a gift certificate to a to a to a great bar under the Christmas tree. <laughs> so, I think that's a. a well, it's really idea. it's really an old school business model. I mean, it's like you know you just you just realize that something like a gift certificate it's a way for someone to you know contribute to you now, but then they can cash it in later when you're back on your feet. Um, we've we've put that word out a lot, and I know a lot of small business. I feel bad that it's really been hard in this town. People in downtown areas, Dumbo and and South Street Seaport and. You know, galleries in Chelsea, you know, and uh, Red Hook, 
you know, our good friends at the Good Fork in Red Hook, it gets washed away. And um, people put so much of their time into this. And the only way for them to rebuild really is is the support of the community and their own resources. You know, it's kind of like Small Business 101. And that's what so many of us do in beer bars and, and small breweries. And you just have to, like, get it together. Um, yes. It's, it's, we all it's have to be unprecedented. activists in our communities. Well, I was, you know, just before this conversation, I was talking to Greg Avola, who's a friend, and he's the co-founder of Untapped. And I should put a plug in that we have a contest going on for a free trip to Belgium. Um, hey, that sounds like in, fun. In association, for the coast, in association with the Coast to Coast Host, both with the Weekly Pint and with Untapped. And Greg is going to be putting a blog post up on Untapped, which is a great central source for people um, who are interested in helping and interested in beer because they get about a million and a half check-ins a month. So he's going to do a blog post about all of the different ways that people can help the beer community. And so if you have suggestions for Greg, um, I can pass on the email or you can send them to me, Wendy at Belgian Experts, and I'll pass it on to him so he can include all the resources. And he said there's something called GoFundMe, uh, which helps businesses to raise um, Funds. It's like Kickstarter, but Kickstarter is not supposed to work on disaster relief. Uh-huh. So that's one place to look. Yeah, we, we've seen a few few places do that. There's a Alewife Queens, which is owned by Dan Lanigan, who owns Lord Hobo, and yeah. Patrick Donner. They, they send out a GoFundMe. Yep. Yeah. You know, what, and then and Barrier Brewing, I hear, was totally totally gone. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they hope to be up and running sometime uh, in 2013. They yeah yeah yeah. So the word came back. They, I mean, they had just invested quite a bit of money back in to expand, and so it's going to be about double that to get back up. So I, I would say one thing. I think that it, it is sensitive for some people. I mean, with with like bars and restaurants, it's easy to say, "Hey, we need help. We're, we're, we want to rebuild or reopen." But I think for some of some some businesses don't want to tell you how much they've been hurt, and they don't want yeah. it to be out there in the public because those images linger, and then people just start thinking, "Oh yeah, they're out of business." Um, it's something to be sensitive about, and I think that yeah. we're all trying to do efforts to help help everyone rebuild. But you right, know, at some I, point, but people I also are. Think I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, oh. say what you're going to say because it's no. But I also think only by telling people that you do need help will people reach out. You know. It, I agree. It, it, it's kind of an, you know, I, I was even surprised. I have a friend who lives in New York, and she lives in Harlem. And it's like, well, you must know everything that's going on. But she, but she didn't, or at least not within the beer or the food community. Yeah. So you only, you know, t- let's, if you don't want to tell your story yourself, let somebody else tell it for you, because people do want to help. But if they don't know, they just assume everything's, you know, copacetic. I mean, la- last week on the show, we did a call around, and we checked in, and we know that obvious places like on Long Island, Greenport Harbor Brewing, we know those guys, they didn't get hit at all. And in, in New Jersey, some breweries that are near the, the shore, like Cane Brewing and, and Carton Brewing, did fine. And yeah. and the one, you know, Six Point had some things at their, their Red Hook Brewery, but they make more, most of their beer in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but Barrier was the one close to home that, that did get hit. And the thing is, I love their beer. I mean, I get two to three kegs a week, which isn't a lot. But for a small brewery, that that's a lot, and it's it's a big part of our identity is, is their beer, and it's it's it's, yeah. it's affecting my drinking lifestyle. <laughs> you yeah. were one of their first big supporters in the city, I think, too, Jimmy. I mean, you've been close to those guys for a long I, time. I I love their beer, and and yeah, I, I miss it. I, I the sad part was last night we we 
finish their last keg. We we had had a, a kegs delivered before the storm, and last week we had we had four kegs, and then it was three, and then two, and their Craven, which is like their Flemish red, it went last night, and I was just like I almost cried. I was like, my God, my last keg of Barrier. Um, I I know that Patrick at at, at Alewife Queens is doing something this weekend. Um, yeah. I think he's going to go out there. They, they have some kegs that, that are still good. He's going to get like 10 kegs and, and serve it at uh, his Long Island City location this weekend. Yeah. Um, but go to goodbrasil.com. You, you can find out more about that. Hey, okay. Wendy, th- th- thanks, thanks for jumping on with us. And the help with the moms, the moms with strollers who are cooking, is there a way to donate there? Or Actually, um, there is. Uh, I have to dig into my phone to pull it out, but I actually have a, a, pay- a PayPal um uh, the name of their PayPal account that I can maybe give to Jimmy to put up. Yeah, we can put yeah, that, that on that. I would say tell people to yeah. go to goodbrewsteel.com. There was a post up today about uh, some resources. And Chris O'Leary is at the Brew York, New York, has a lot of stuff. Um, there'll be a yeah. lot more going up. Wendy, thanks for coming on. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk about Spanish beers. Um, all right. Good all right. good luck, everybody, and we will see you in January. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Keep Wendy. Yeah, okay. we can't wait to see you okay. guys. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Quitting Time by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Our buddies are here in the house. Johnny Brilliant from it's Iberian Beer, right? That's right, Iberian right. Beer United. That's, and that's Jen right. Swartman from Blind Tiger and Julie Barnard from Occupy Relief Sandy or something. <laughs> we're here today. We're, we're here in, in Roberta's and Bushwick with Beer Sessions Radio, Heritage Radio Network. Thank you to GreatBrewers.com for being our sponsor. Uh, we just had an intense call uh, talking about you know hurricane relief efforts in New York and. Uh, with Wendy Littlefield from Van Bergen to Wolf, they're 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 not having their coast to coast toast in New York until January, uh, due to supply issues and respect for you know what's going on in the community. But the the whole point of this show tonight is really to talk about Spanish <laughs> beers with uh, you know our great friends uh, Jessica and Johnny. Um, tell us about how you guys got started because I, I know you're great customers of Blind Tiger. I met you two years ago up at Cooperstown. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. And uh, this is like very cool. You're, you're important Spanish beers. Yeah, it sort of happened really organically. We were um, we were in an Italian beer event actually at the Blind Tiger, and Dave just turned and said, "You know, you're in Spain all the time. What's going on over there?" And that's really the beginning of the search, because at that point, I think what we knew about was corporate beers, like everybody knows about 
Estrella Galicia, Estrella Dam, uh, those sort of generic beers that are all pretty much the same beer in a side-by-side taste test. Um, and we discovered a, a real scene going on, mostly in and around Barcelona. That's the real epicenter of, of everything that's happening. So you wrote a great article. Uh, is, is it coming out in Beer Advocate? Yeah, it's supposed to be out in December, so I'm told. But uh, <laughs> there was a point where I was no longer attached to it. So, <laughs> Well, I, I've got an advanced <laughs> Which is the copy. way I write. You know. So tell us a little bit. So, the, so in, not too long ago, how, how did craft beer get started in, in Spain? Because there was Franco, there was World War II. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of cut off from yeah, the modern world. There were a lot of things that, that cut them off. Ah, my spousal equivalent. <laughs> so Je- Jessica yes. is, she's, is trying she, to find us. She's find trying birds, to find us. And yeah. she's got the beer that we're going to drink, which is exactly. kind of fun. Exactly. Essentially, craft beer has been with us for a while, but it hasn't really um, uh, appeared much in, in, in anything more than an underground sense until recent years. The last seven years have been really significant. Prior to that, there were things going on, but they were fairly under the radar. So you mentioned there was a guy called it was Steve's Barcelona Brewing Company. In, yeah, in, Steve Huxley. So what happened to this guy? Oh, Steve is still doing great things. He has a beer academy. Uh, he's still very much involved with Cerveceria Jazz, which is one of the leading beer bars in. It's really the best place to go for a port pint uh, I can think of in Barcelona. So you're saying that you, you guys went to Barcelona. And you kind of discovered the beer scene, or you already we, knew about it? We knew a little bit about it, but what was really significant was that in three days, six breweries invited us into their breweries and really took us through everything they did. So it was a great, great opportunity to really see up close what was going on. And it was so much different from any, anything I could have expected. And what, what, sorry, what, what are some of the key... Uh, Beers that you guys are importing right now. We've got a pretty good. Set the stage yeah, us. we've got a pretty good range of things. We're, we're representing three breweries: Sagro, which is uh, the largest of the lot. They're out of Toledo, Spain, which is central Spain, and they do uh, they do a really lovely pilsner, which has got a, a nice bottle. It'll look good on the table. It's got plenty of appeal that way, uh, and it's a very very generic beer. It's probably the safest bet of the, of the bunch that we're looking at right now. And then we've uh, also got another brewery called Lanjub from Tarragona, which is part of Catalonia. And uh, being close to Barcelona, it's still very connected to that scene. And he does, uh, he has a trigo, a, a wheat beer. He has uh, a really gorgeous port, uh, extra stout actually, called Juliette. And he does an ordinary bitter, 3.5 ordinary bitter. In fact, there are a number of Spanish beers that are working that side of the street right now, and it's really interesting. Cool. Jenny, you've had an opportunity to taste some Well, some I've known beers, Johnny and you? Jessica for years now because they're some of our most loyal regulars, the <laughs> Blind Tiger, and dear friends as well. Uh, and when they were starting to bring over Johnny bottles before they even got the importation company, but they were really starting to think this through and going through this exploration, they brought as many bottles as they could carry back. And then they were holding some tastings just to like kind of pick our interest. And, and it, what has happened having been to a few of these tastings from the early days of this, 
the beer is evolving there and you can you notice it every time they bring beers over because it felt to me in the in the first round that there was like there were all these beautiful flavors but there was a hesitancy to just go for it and to just brew to the to the hilt to take it as take it as far as they probably wanted to go mm-hmm. um probably because their market wasn't necessarily demanding a lot of bold flavor yet and they were just you know trying to dip their feet toes in without jumping in and then it you saw that change pretty rapidly like as soon as there it's the snowball effect that i talk about and as soon as there's a market for it and there's an interest then the brewers are set free and they're thrilled because they just get to they get to play and it's one of those markets like Italy, very similar to Italy, um, which I said was pretty similar to the early days in the United States where you've got a country that's really traditionally a wine drinking com- country. And what it means is that the brewers are free to just be as creative as they want to be because there's no um, there's no uh, obligation to uphold a tradition that your grandfather and your great grandfather it was carrying through exactly in a country like Germany or in the UK. I mean, those brewers are getting more creative, but it's a harder process culturally because Absolutely. there is a tradition that that they feel obligated to. And so Spain, they're having fun. That's the thing. They, there isn't a specific brewing tradition that they have to adhere to. No, no one is saying, "Well, that's not you know uh, the, the proper way to do that." So. It's pretty free. There was a point in the beginning where the sensibility was, uh, we've got to make something that's going to work in the corporate uh, uh, beer world. It has to be at the right price point. It has, and that's a real issue with 52% of youth unemployed in the country. They can't be Is selling that for beer. Real? Yeah, that's, wow. that's for real. It's, it's every other person. And it's, uh, it's tragic because it's a very, very tough road back. And, you know, this is a nice industry because it's new and it's uh, under the radar, even even in Spain, you know, in fact. But it has potential, too. Well, that's always the thing. Key. You know, whenever you bring something fresh into it, anything can happen. Would you say that the the Spanish beers that you're importing are are necessarily more food friendly uh, because Spain has this, like, great food culture? You know, in Spain, you can't go to, uh, you know, a lunchtime place for um, a beer, just a caña, a simple short beer, without being fed a little piece of something. They're trying to seduce you to buy the lunch, whatever it is, but the idea here is that food and and drink are almost inseparable. And the Spanish style of drinking and eating, in fact, is really what I call grazing. It's a lovely thing. It starts as soon as you're awake. And that might be an ale for breakfast, you know, to chase down whatever it is you're having. Might be churros and chocolate, you know, but... Um, I don't have a problem with that. I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I find it much more engaging for a person like me, you know, to simply eat and drink whenever the mood takes me. Let's talk about the process. So you guys got turned on a little bit to some Spanish beers. And then I know that you've tried to taste... Like, for example, Jen, you've been involved in, in early tastings of, of their products. So tell us how, how, how that happens. Like, you, you, you're decided to import beer... And you know some bars in New York. Like, what were the steps that you took hmm. to spread the word? Uh, basically, we just brought the beer back and set it up on the bar at the Blind Tiger and said, hmm, let's see what we have here. 
and uh, that was... It's it, a good place to start. There are it's a bunch a of people who have uh, a lot of opinions. Absolutely. And so to get feedback is not a problem no, there. <laughs> no one pulls any punches. <laughs> but you also have reached out to a lot of Spanish restaurants, if yeah. I'm, you know, and trying to um, make them aware of what's out there because, you know... It makes been, so much sense yeah, for it's, them it's to been quite embrace good. what we, you're doing. The response has been very good from that. And we just did an event, which is now a 19-year-old wine and, and food pairing, Spanish wine and food pairing event. And this year they invited us. So we were the first beer. Uh, we had the trade ministry coming up and saying, we didn't know this was going on in which, Spain. Which event was this, Johnny? This was called uh, The Great Match, Spain, The Great Match. And it's, as I say, for 19 years been a wine-only affair. And this year, we were able to um, catch an invite somehow. And don't ask me how that happened, but it did. And uh, the, the reaction was tremendous. I couldn't have asked for a better so response. So now, go- going forward, there's some interesting collaborations going on. So Brian Strumke, our, our Stillwater buddy, mm-hmm. what is he doing in, in Spain? Brian uh, came to his last. Uh, he came with us last year to a, an event in December called Festi. It's one of the big uh, uh, Spanish beer festivals. It's a winter ale festival, so it covers a, a range of of those sort of things. And it was the first winter ale festival ever held. So he came and just poured. I believe he poured Love and Regret and Cellar Door. I, I could be mistaken about that. He might correct me, but. Uh, um, Brian uh, wanted to know what we like. He's liked. not here right now. No, I, I'm, aware, I'm aware of that. He's probably in Baltimore. Hello, Brian. How are you? <laughs> At any rate, um, uh, he he basically uh, just poured his beers, and, and everybody loved them. And he asked us at one point, after several hours of pouring beers, uh, what do you like? And we took him over to Lanjou straight away, and he fell in love with, with their beer. It was you know, a very easy, solid connection for them. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Johnny's cohort, Jessica, uh, from Iberian Beer, will be in the studio with us. All right. Cool. Jessica! This one's called Favorite Flower on HeritageRadioNetwork.org by Pamela Royal. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. What a show we have. we got Jen Swarber from Blind Tiger, Julia Barnum, we call it Occupy Relief Sandy. Oh, come on. I'm your, I'm your most favorite beer enthusiast. You're an ultimate beer enthusiast. I'm but your favorite. You're doing everything every day to help people out in the Rockers. Yeah, I am. And we got Jessica and Johnny from it's tell us exactly what your company's called, Jessica. Come on. We've been waiting for you. What our company's Everybody. called? Yeah. Iberian Beer United. Iberian you can call it IBU for short. All right. So we got a little background from Johnny and Jen. But tell us your, in your words, you know, 
why you started importing beer and, and what's, what's your okay. connection to Spain? Ooh. Well, I'm Spanish born. Um, That's a good I one. was exported young myself. Um, so my accent got all mixed up, and I lost the beautiful, wonderful Spanish accent that I might have had. But anyway, that's gone, replaced. <laughs> um, but um, so we spend our time going back and forth to Spain. All my family's there. And um, I'm sure Johnny might have told you already that Dave Broderick, one day after the Italian Blind Tiger event, said, hey, you guys are always in Spain, so what's going on in Spain? Something's got to give. And so we first went, actually... Well, just to see what was around and to be able to drink good beer ourselves while we were in Spain. And then we found some really wonderful brewers and a really wonderful sort of piratey underground scene, very much like it must have been in, uh, on the West Coast when it first started up in the U.S. And um, we came back. The original idea was to open a beer bar like the Tiger in Spain until, and so this is why when... Bree told me that, that uh, we were going to be conferencing with Wendy Littlefield. I was so excited because we were at a tasting at Jimmy's um, for Van Berg and Wolf, and Wendy Littlefield was there, and I suddenly had a light bulb moment. I thought, you know what? He can't speak Spanish. We can't be in Spain all the time babysitting a new beer bar, but we want to be in beer, and we want to make the beer thing in Spain go, Wendy did it. Let's do what Wendy did. And um, so I sat and talked to her, and she was like, flip, just do it. She was just, just do it. Go ahead. So here we are, uh, a little more than two years after our first visit, I think. Yes. And, um, yeah, and the beers are here, and the scene is growing so fast, so fast. And we've already taken a whole tiger tribe out to uh, the Mediana Festival. How many people did you you take on that trip? We were 11 total, nine, of, nine from here, and then Don, Johnny and I. Quite a group. Well, I wish I could have been on that, that trip. <laughs> that was a good trip. There yes. will be more. Okay. Uh, beer Salona, we call up. it, just by yes. the by. Yes, Beer Salona, that's beer right. Salona. So does this mean that the beer enthusiast gets it's to come along as well? Oh, that's what it was all I about. I think everyone in this room oh, yeah, is about yeah. ready. We need to get out of New York and go to Barcelona. So what, what's our virtual tour? We're, we're going to Barcelona. Where would you take us, Jessica? Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Fun I'm, that's fine. <laughs> first, okay, first stop. All right, well, the airport lets off at Las Ramblas, pretty much, if you get on the bus. So you walk straight down Las Ramblas, and just before you hit the water, you turn left on, oh, what's the name of the street? Um, Diagonal, not diagonal. No, 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 no. Anyway, I'm really lousy with names, Sorry. so you have to forgive me with that. But to your left, a few blocks up a very beautiful street in the Barrio Gotico, is uh, La Cerveteca, which was our sort of local hangout. Our hotel was in the area. It was well, a yeah, good I know that place. place to. <laughs> awesome. Ruben, Ruben Zurita <laughs> runs it, um, along with a number of socios, partners. And he's also responsible for having started um, what's now going to be a tradition, and we should all go in March, um, the annual Barcelona Beer Festival, BBF, um, which is a camera event, international camera event. Um, In fact, there were a few Americans on last year. I went. Johnny wasn't able to come with me, but um, there was Nanye. Here's my... some good beers. Really good beers. <laughs> Strong Norway was represented. Germany, of course. All the European countries. Italy. Um, they brewed special beers in Spain, particularly for the event, which were knockout. 
Um, there was everything from uh, Guinos Riner, which is a 2.8% super bitter Had it, yeah. IPA. Yeah, you've tried you know that. Yeah. Um, to on the high end was um, one of the Norwegian... Um, it was like an 18%, you know, send you onto the table beer at a festival on a hot day. Forget about it. <laughs> so, Jessica, I know on the way out, you two got lost driving out in Bushwick. The first time I, I tried to come out to Bushwick by car, I got lost three times. And it's so easy to come on the L train. You get off on the Morgan stop. But tell, let us try some of your beers. Okay, let's go. You know? I'm going to start backwards, actually. Usually we start with blondes um, for obvious reasons, but... Um, since these have only just got on the ice, let's start with the porters and the stouts. Fantastic. Um, so, in the porter department... Porter is Johnny's favorite style, it I'd like is. to add. It certainly is. That's absolutely true. Yes. I drank several hundred of them <laughs> doing the research. Yes. So, let's, in the interest of timing, let's read off, or Johnny, someone read off the label and, and tell us what the beer is. Ah, here we go. This is, this is a beer from Aragon, which is uh, a little bit um, west of, of the scene in Catalonia, the Barcelona-based scene that I was describing earlier. And um, this, is a, this is a porter. Uh, Ferran, who's the brewmaster here, is uh, the son of a wine family, so they... They built him a little outhouse to, to brew beer in, basically. Uh, but his beers are gorgeous, classic, classic of the style. Unfiltered. Very unfiltered, yes, all true. Um, I, I really love this porter. It's a very, very honest, straightforward porter. What you see is what you get, 4.7. It's a really just right. Oops. Great. And in New York, I know you're friends with uh, Alex and Edder. Our, our friends yes. at Lavara yes. and, and uh, They've been super enthusiastic supporters from the get-go. The first moment we mentioned craft beer, they were on board. They love the beers. Cheers. 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 Are you selling anywhere besides New York right now? No, just no. New York for now. So wh- where, where else can we find your beers in New York? Mm. Mm. Right now, and here's where Hurricane Relief comes in. Um, we've got to give a shout-out to Union because they were really hard hit by the by a surge, and they lost. I don't know how much of their stock, but a tremendous amount. I mean, they're really the their bottles is, is in the particular. top yeah. dis- distributor of crap brand. And York. they are working so hard to get up and running. I think yeah. they have uh, opened warehouses in New Paltz that they're shipping out of, but they're also shipping out of Brooklyn. They're already doing deliveries, but they are really struggling with inventory loss. Ours among that. Um, I just actually got the good news that although all of our kegs were lost. Which is really sad because we were going to do a blind tiger event, but it'll come, it'll come, and it'll be better. The and I'll tell you why there. in a minute. I love this porter. This is it's, delicious. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's a classic. It's just simple, simple. Just say what's the name balanced. of the say the brewery and the name of the beer again? Because Giesberga, G I S B E R G A, Giesberga Porter. Porter. Mm-hmm. And Ferran, the brewer. Um, has an interesting story. He was studying um, enology. He comes from a long family tradition of winemaking. He was studying enology in the States, and he discovered the craft brewing scene. And, of course, was seduced and decided he was going to come back, learn, you know, bring what he'd learned in enology school back with him, and also set up um, a small brewery alongside the bodegas, which is really cool because these are his first two they're, well, you haven't tried the Trigo yet. It's lovely also. They're not flashy. I mean, he says himself, they're very classic styles. Um, he's a foodie. 
as a wine person would be. And these are really great, great food pairing beers. I would like this with breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Jen, what do you yeah, think of this beer? It's a beautiful porter. It's 4.8%, it says. It's so drinkable. It's, it's really, delicious. it's got, yeah, it's, you, uh, you know, people get confused with porters and stouts a lot of times and, and what the differences are. And this, to me, is the dry like snap. one of those examples yeah. I want to be able to throw to people on yeah. a regular basis, too. It's, it's the dry snap at the end. Yeah. That's There's really that. And a little bit of, you know, you see a little light, little light through it. Yeah, it's not quite opaque. Not quite opaque, not heavy. It's a working, a working man's also, beer. This right? is the yes. beer. I mean, now it's like my beer of the night. Now that I've had it, I just want to keep drinking this so all night. These are the ones that I have <laughs> that I have fun That's with. That's how it happened to me, Jimmy. <laughs> when you know I'm, whatever I'm working, and somebody's like, "Well, I don't want a really heavy beer," and they get so frightened by the color, and they don't understand that it can still be light and dry and delicious with that again that snap at the end. And I love. Just giving a taste and having him try it and just see, like, oh, oh, really? And just that little quick snap of there are other options I, I've been a fan for years of, like, I call you them, know, like, you know, beer. just refreshing dark beers. And, and the oh, weird thing, so I don't talk about macros all the time, but Guinness has a black lager out now. It's like people are getting it. Yeah. You can sure. have color and be, and be refreshing. Absolutely. Well, I love that. that you have you, to forget your fear of the darkness. Julie, really. Julie really. I, I love that, that you said that because that, you know, in, in Spain – has been a nation that's basically lager. It's a lager nation. There's been nothing else for years and years and years and years. And most Spaniards who are not already initiated into the, the craft beer culture um, will just say off the bat, I don't drink black beer. No, not, no black beer. So I think Ferran really went uh, at black beer seduction angle. You know, make it crisp. Make it clean. He wanted to Make try to win some of them over exactly. and surprise them yeah. in that way that Julie was talking about. Because yeah. it is really sort of crispy and bright. and Maybe we and could do little, an international beer summit. We could get your beers in front of the president. <laughs> <laughs> now he's doing homebrewing. That's right. We have homebrew in the White House kitchen. Garrett's doing homebrew. <laughs> I think Garrett's helped him with the recipes. Yeah, I want to make a toast to you guys. So, so we're talking about you know yeah, the Superstorm Sandy. So you guys were, were hit too. It's like you guys are importers and your warehouse got damaged. And I, I had no idea. We're, we're talking about local businesses and, uh, yeah. you know. I had an idea. I mean, I don't think... I'm going to put this on the air for Union. First of all, Union, shout out to you guys. I know you're Absolutely. working and really, sponsors, really, really hard. And there are sponsors, You guys are awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, the best. But how cool would it be? I don't know if this is even possible, but how cool would a hurricane relief party done of steam-cleaned key kegs that have lost their sleeves that nobody knows what they are anymore. And you just... <laughs> you just pay an entrance fee and drink the best beers in the world and guess, on un- and and guess what they yeah. are. Do you know what that is? It's Mystery a beer. beer. It's and, a and then beer. proceeds to Hurricane. Yep. Sandy to Sandy. I, I would go. I'd pour for I'd, that. I'd totally go, and I'd pour for that, yeah. and I'd lug the kegs and everything. Sure. I think you just inspired I, I, us. We, we just need, need a new to project. Find a venue. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's so many. I'm going to give another shout out too. There's so many benefits that are related to communities that were affected as well. Um, our good friends, Kill Myers, they're on, in South Staten Island. They're a good beer seal yeah, bar. Yeah. Staten Island got hit really hard. Oh, and uh, Ken Torado, a longtime beer bar owner, 
this Sunday, November 18th, he has a benefit at his uh, you know German beer hall there. So if you know anyone who's in Jersey or, or Staten Island, go to Kilmyers on Sunday. You know, s- support the money's going directly to um, some people that were affected. Where is that again, Jimmy? It's in Staten Island. So this you have to basically drive there. Okay. So if you can get to Staten Island and get a car or something like that, you can go to Kilmyers. It's worth going to. He's got, I can get lost on Staten. Island. He's got a unique draft system. It's really like just brass tubes coming oh, up from yeah, gravity fed from the basement. You know, there, there's there's no. Uh, you know, cooling systems and pumps. It's it's amazing. It's it's another era there. And Ken Torado, he's the guy that first started Adobe Blues in Staten Island. A real long time, uh, great you know, good beer guy in New York. But you know, Staten Island got just these neighborhoods have been hit in ways that no one ever expected. And I'm just going to raise our glass to them. So Absolutely. all we can do is drink and eat and uh, get well soon, New York. Yeah, and go for it. But. This porter is awesome. Let's try one more beer. Cause, I know, I okay. Wow. Yeah, you know, Jessica, this is our long-awaited tasting. So you kept saying you were going to taste me. And every time I, you invited me to your tasting, you've really worked it hard. You've had, you've had I mean, I asked Johnny before about how you guys are getting the word out. Well, you're getting the word out. I know you've invited me to some, some intimate tastings. What is the Spanish store? In, uh, it's in Broom Street. Is that Despana? Despana. Despana. So you, uh, so there's one in Broom Street. There's one in Flushing, Queens also. And they're opening a new one now in um, New Jersey in... Um, in the Ironbound district, I think. No, 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 no. No? No, no. Actually, sorry, not New, not New Jersey, where, where Nancy used to work, College Town. Um, like I say, lousy with names. I call it PNA. America. Proper name, proper name amnesia. But just, so, in addition to, to the Despania and our friends, uh, Alex and Edder, they've got Ch- Chiquito and uh, Lavara. Um, what are some other. Well, how about this? What beers does Lavara carry of yours? Well, that's a right cool now, place they, in they didn't get their kegs yet, and the kegs have since been destroyed. However, the good news is this beer that we're just about to crack, Juliet, which is. I don't want to boast. We cracked it. I swear to God, good. I think it's one of the best stouts I've ever had, ever. It's an um, extra stout. It's an extra stout. It's super roasty. And what's the and name of the brewery? Lanju. Lanju. They're from Catalonia, the Tarragona uh, version, um, part of, of Catalonia, which is a little uh, west of Barcelona. And um, they're up in the hills. And anyway, the, the good news that I was going to say, although we lost our kegs of Juliet, that was I was really looking forward to turning everybody on to, um, the new kegs of Juliet are leaving uh, Valencia next week, and they're wet hopped. And ah. Angel tells me it's the best batch they've ever made. So you have really officially sponsored my that. breakfast. So as soon as they <laughs> arrive, <laughs> we want that beer fresh. Yes. Well, but what this what Juliet has is it's got this dark, astonishingly creamy head. Yeah. Like I mean, that sounds so bad on the radio. Hello. <laughs> but how about this? I want Johnny's voice. Johnny, read the label for us. I just want to hear some Johnny Brilliant on the air. All right. <laughs> read the label, Johnny. <laughs> Here we have it. God, that print is tiny. Uh, here we go. Uh, Juliet Extra Stout. <laughs> Iberian Craft L. What dark through yonder window breaks. Ah, it is Juliet. Oh, amazing. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers that to is, everybody. That is really, really nice. We're, yeah, come on. Jessica, we're so happy you made it right here. here. It is, you know, Bushwick is it's hard to get around by car if you don't know it. But now you probably will always find your way back. Well, the thing is, our office is really nearby. So I knew I could get to our office. Um, but then none of these streets are marked. 
that was the thing is that we went down one. It's cool Bushwick. You got to hang cut. out more. <laughs> yeah, obviously. You know, well, that, that's you know, I, I, I'm really proud of you. I, I think it, it's so great that you were inspired by Wendy Littlefield from Van Bergen to Wolf. I mean, it was pretty much 30 years yeah. before you guys did this. They first went to Belgium, and at the time, people were interested in wine. And uh, nobody was talking about importing beer from Belgium. So, you know, Don and Wendy, they're real pioneers. And um, I'm just so happy that you were inspired by them. <laughs> and you met at Jimmy's number 43. That's so cool. No. And, yeah, it all – Jimmy's number 43 has been like a real door opener in lots of ways. You know, we met you, obviously. Um, we've been to so many of, of Mike Lavulo's um, tastings there, which are awesome Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. His ten dollar tasting yeah, series. Yeah, everyone should go. Amazing, Lavulo, and Lavulo rocks it. He, is, he rocks he just, it. He's the ultimate he beer geek. Bottles, it's so but, nice. <laughs> and the way we met was so cool. It, it, it's it's this whole beer community that we love. You know, we're talking about the positive sides of life because you know we've all been mm-hmm. suffering. We were in Cooperstown two years ago for Belgian comes to Cooperstown. That's right. And I, I had my I had my my I was done. I'd been there all day. It was ten o'clock. <laughs> You know, I was up up in the hills, and kids were bringing out their uh, d- rigidity dues and stuff like that. <laughs> and I said, "I'm going to go back into town." And I walked down, and I, sh- and I, sh- I got into a taxi. And next thing, you guys jumped in with me. That's right. And you said you were staying at our friends was Alex and Alex and Nika. Yeah. Alex and Nika in, in uh, Cooperstown. Yeah. And we went there, and we drank we drank whiskey, we and we became did. friends, and it was so cool. Yeah, yeah that was. And perfect. you made my night because I needed that. I was I, camping is one thing, and then I needed my whiskey. You know, <laughs> my. It was really yeah. It was really a nice, comfortable place yeah, to I go think you after are, yeah, being I think outdoors you, all like, day. Got the whole bar <laughs> a whiskey because it was almost empty by the time we came in. It was late. And Jimmy's like whiskey on everybody. Well, you know, you know it's <laughs> great. The in these little in these little towns, like everyone was out after ten o'clock. Was only industry. It was like yeah. the guy that was the chef at the Otsiga Hotel, or, or the woman that's a teacher who waitresses there on the weekends. I mean, industry goes out, and and that's what makes the nightlife in so many so many towns outside of New York. Oh yeah, really uh, but I'm, I think that you guys bring a new cool to beer, and I'm so proud of you <laughs> that you're importing. We all are. Yeah, it's, it's really. But we, we we want you guys back because we didn't we didn't get a full show with you guys. And, and I think that we should definitely have you back and really taste through, you know, some of your other beers. Yeah, no, I'm sorry that. Um, well, we can always do some in the restaurant. Sorry, guys, but <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a lot more beer in here. And uh, Jessica, how how can we learn more about you? Do you guys have a website? Yes, um, www. Iberian Beer United. That's Iberia with one e. Um, Iberian Beer United dot com, and it's in Spanish and English. Um, so just click the flag you like best. And and in Bar- let's just like before we wrap up, let's just talk about Barcelona. Like this, what's the scene like? Is it is it young people who don't want to be like their grandparents and hang out? And it's fabulous. Is it? It's <laughs> it's fabulous. The cool it first is. of all, it's oh, fabulous. My favorite place. <laughs> oh, Barcelona oh, in I general. Barcelona, I love it. Aha. Uh-huh. No, it's getting better and better too. And um, well, but the scene is you know it's a very good question. I was surprised at BBF. I expected to find um, a demographic that was fairly. Uniform, you know, college students, artists, uh, trendy people, beer geeks, the pirate crew, you know, all of that. But in fact, there were um, a surprising number of older people, I'm guessing from, you know, crossing over from wine, having heard so much about beer in the news lately from out of the States and in Europe as well. Um, so there was, there was actually a significant demographic of older, well-heeled people trying all these cool beers. Um, which is really interesting, especially given that the event that we were just in, um, the New York Spanish contingent 
actually wasn't aware of anything going on with um, with Spanish beer. In fact, the coolest remark we got, or one of the coolest remarks we got that night, was from the um, um, trade commissioner, who said to us in Spanish, la mejor mesa, the best table here for us, was your guys' table, because we had no clue this was going on in Spain, and a new door has just been opened on a delicious world. And we're, like, thrilled to bits. Yeah, so that that's really exciting to yeah, yeah to uh, to be educating the Spaniards about what's going on in their own well, country. I mean, it's true. And, and I yes. remember when I when I was at Cantillon and uh, in Belgium uh, in February of, of 2012, I was talking to John, and he had just come from a, a gastronomical like kind of event, and he said for the first time in Brussels. Like he was in the he he was asked to pour his beer or the his beer was being poured at this event and so all the politicians were paying attention to what he had been doing. They started to get word that there was tourism affiliated Cantillon that there were people coming from around the world just to get to this brewery. So they started focusing their eyes on what was going on in their own backyard yeah. and they weren't even expatriates or they were they yeah. were in the country and they just hadn't paid attention until earlier this year and he said it was very strange because here he is you know what fourth fifth generation brewer and and the brewery struggled for a long time and nobody in belgium was paying attention so finally to get the belgians attention was really very interesting mm-hmm. that's well i flew there in 2010 just to do that that was yeah. part of like i planned exactly. a trip just to run through Kingtown. and you're not the only beer geek outside of <laughs> belgium <laughs> who is doing that that's it's wild. just the belgians are have been oblivious this so. is how it happens i yeah. mean it, it, it's kind of the natural process you know people need to be told what they have in their own backyard they don't necessarily know how would they know if, if you're not in barcelona proper you're not really going to know about a scene right. my friends in toledo whether it's it's sagra who we represent or domus who we love to represent um there's no place to go you know, there, there just simply aren't the outlets. Yet. 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 <laughs> Operative <laughs> word. Well, and actually, this is part of our mission. I'll make this really quick because I know you're running out of time. Um, but you asked me how we got inspired to do this. One of the other ways that we got inspired is that I'm Spanish, so I'm obviously nationalistic. And I love Spain, and I'm proud of Spain, and I want to be there more and all of that stuff. But, you know, Spain is in really, really rough economic times. And so aside from the fact that these, these brewers, most of them have mortgaged their apartments, have sold their cars, have done whatever it t- took to, to build their little breweries, um, it's very hard for them to get into regular restaurants or bars because a regular bartender who doesn't know anything about it is going to say, how can I sell, sell a beer for, for four euros when I can sell a dam for 150? It's not possible. And um, so we're kind of hoping that by giving it press here and focusing some attention on it in New York, Spanish people are, you know, they like their local product and they're proud of knowing all about it and being educated, you know, and telling other people about it. So I'm hoping that people will come in with a copy of the Beer Advocate or something and say, hey, how is it that these beers are for sale in New York and they're digging the hell out of them and we don't have them in our own back, you know, in our own And so in a very indirect way having an influence in the backyard of these breweries. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's brilliant. Well, we're going to wrap up. Let's just do this. We're going to have some fun today because everyone has a different accent. and Everyone just say their full name in their natural accent. Jen? <laughs> Come on, let's have some fun. Jennifer Ann Schwartman. Okay. Jessica Garcia Gullo. All right. 
Julie Lynn Barnard. Scratchy voice tonight, Julie. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> she has a great voice. John Doring Collins. Also known as? Johnny Brilliant. Jimmy Carbone. <laughs> but I, I love, you know, this is the one What's thing I love about radio. What's your name, Jimmy? James Arthur Carbone. Jimmy, there you just go. wanted to hear him say it. I did. I, I wanted, I wanted Johnny Brilliant. Johnny. I, wanted, I loved it. And also, this is my way of saying you have a scratchy voice today. Because <laughs> you've been working so hard. In the Rockaways for uh, relief. Yes, Staten Island Rockaways. No, you've here, been busting. So bus. I have no my. But again, going. listen. Get your lineup ready. Friday night, come to Roberta's. Uh, they're raising money for the Rockaways. Uh, Sunday, go to Staten Island. Go to Kim Myers. Um, people died there, and it's serious. And you guys, Jessica and Johnny, I'm so proud of you. I had no idea that you guys lost so much inventory in the storm. You guys are heroes, and of course, we're all moving forward. And you know what? Who who can remember yesterday? But tomorrow is a uh, coming so hey thanks everybody and uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors greatbrewers.com who who did get hurt by the storm and we're behind you looking forward to carrying a lot more of your beers and Beer Sessions Radio supported by the Good Beer Seal thanks to Jen Jessica Julie Wendy and uh, Johnny Brilliant for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network I'm Jimmy Carboni thanks to our producers Jack Inslee Brie O'Connor and our engineer Joe Galarraga thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.